Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Come on. Let's get nuts. There you go. George Costanza, actually, from the uh, documentary Seinfeld. Um, gosh. What, what a story. All right. Uh, hour number three. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Um, while everybody is talking about and focusing on whether or not Donald Trump is going to be arrested or whether people should go protest, and right, we spent two hours going over the, the details of it, um, what, are we, what are we being distracted from? What aren't we talking about? No, not the Chinese nationals that were caught at the border. Not those. No, the... House Oversight Committee, James Comer, chairman, sent a letter uh, to the Biden family associate, Rob Walker, asking Rob, hey, would you like to come and chat? (laughs) We would very much like you to participate in a transcribed interview with committee staffers. Um, This comes one day after subpoenaed bank records revealed that Rob Walker doled out more than $1 million to the Biden family members after receiving a $3 million payout from a Chinese energy company. This is from National Review's Brittany Bernstein. And you got to follow the money here. Because it's pretty obvious where it came from and where it went. <laughs> it's pretty clear. Rob Walker was also uh, in this letter by James Comer to Rob Walker. Uh, Comer said, uh, you've been quoted in speaking about your dealings with the Bidens. You once said that exposing him would, quote, bury all of us. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> uh, why? He says, uh, the Oversight Committee has many questions for Rob Walker, and we look forward to getting answers for the American people, of course. The letter to look, I have said this before. Like, it is quite clear, quite clear that the Biden family business was an influence peddling business. That is all it was. They provided no other service except access to the big guy. That's it. They had no expertise in the the companies that they uh, got seated on their boards of directors and such hired on with these lucrative consulting contracts. They had no experience. They didn't have any expertise in these areas. One of them, I think uh, Biden's younger brother, uh, got installed uh, in like some uh, like construction company. And then after he, after he got the post, he started getting all sorts, of, um, uh, all sorts of contracts for the company. They had like half a dozen contracts, right? Same thing with Hunter Biden and Burisma. Everybody knows about that one, but that's not the only company. Now we've got the Chinese energy firm, State Energy HK Limited. That is a firm that is affiliated with CEFC, China Energy. And so State Energy, the subsidiary, wires $3 million 
to uh, to an LLC controlled by Rob Walker, Robinson Walker LLC. That happened on March 1, 2017. Think about March 1, 2017. That's two months after Biden's out of office. Two months after Biden leaves office and there was a $3 million payment to Robinson Walker LLC. The following day, Robinson Walker LLC wires about a third of it, a million plus, to European Energy and Infrastructure Group. That is located in Abu Dhabi. That is a company associated with a fellow by the name of James Gilyar. He is a business partner to Hunter Biden. The Biden family members and their companies then began receiving incremental payments over a period of approximately three months. The recipients of the money included Hallie Biden, companies associated with Hunter Biden, and James Biden, Joe's brother. Also, an unknown bank account identified as simply Biden. Hmm. Who might that be? Who might who might get like Beyonce treatment, right? Where you're just known by a single or Madonna or Elvis. Well, not even Elvis, really. Prince or that symbol formerly known as Prince, right? What account do you think might be labeled just Biden? Would that be the long lost nephew or third cousin twice removed? Or do you think it might be Joe? I'm thinking it's Joe. I'm thinking that's Joe. He gets he gets single name slug status, you know? At the time of the payments, by the way, Hallie Biden was dating Hunter Biden. The pair were romantically involved from 2016 through 2019 after Bo Biden's death from brain cancer. Hallie Biden is Bo Biden's widow. And after Bo died, Hunter Biden began a three-year relationship with her. And then uh, I believe he cheated on her with the stripper, right? And fathered the the child with her that the Biden uh, family does not recognize as part of the Biden family. Meanwhile, an account belonging to Hunter Biden got $500,000 during that time frame, while an account belonging, uh, belonging to James Biden got three hundred sixty dollars So there's your money trail. Just follow the money, people. And for my friends on the left... Imagine if this was the Trump family. That's all. Just pretend it's the, the name is Trump, not Biden. That's the thing that always kills me. Like, there is so much overlap. I said this earlier in the program, too. There is so much overlap. The people who have been the most obnoxious in their never-Trumpism exhibit the same behavior they claim to oppose. The same kinds of moral failings or business practices or, you know, the way they treat other people— like, do you hear yourselves? <laughs> do you see what you're doing? The same thing. You you put Joe Biden up there. You you made all these comments for four years about how uh, Donald Trump is you know mentally incapacitated. He cannot be president. He's suffering from all of these ailments from age and whatever. And and then you nominate Joe Biden. And as Joe Biden, like I saw the. Did you see this video of him this weekend when he was asked about this? He looks awful. He looks awful. He's got like, he's, he's got this confused, 
stare, this this countenance of just perplexedness, which is a word I just made up. So I'm concerned. He starts speaking, and it's like, okay, I could tell. So he is able to formulate some thoughts. And then I saw over the weekend he was speaking at the Irish event, whatever, and he was kind of mumbling his way through it. And it's just... And I saw another clip of him this weekend. I swear I wasn't stalking him. It's just I saw it all in the news. And I see him walking, and he's got this this sort of front of the foot, the kind of the ball of the feet kind of trot thing going, where he's walking in this little bouncy, just weird, man. It's just weird. I don't know what to make of it. It's just weird. But I remember during Trump's presidency, People were talking about Donald Trump is standing and he's rocking forward on his feet, and that indicates some sort of mental, uh, you know, I don't know, incapacity. I I don't know. You guys, you don't see the very thing. You were saying that Trump needed to be removed. Why are there not? We need calls for the 25th Amendment, right, to be uh, enacted. We need to to remove uh, Biden from office. He's obviously mentally not well. This was the standard that you guys used for Trump. It needs to be the standard now. There needs to be serious discussion about it going on. Uh, the, the Part of the problem here is that the left has captured so much of not just government, but academia, obviously, and the culture that, and, and they believe they haven't, by the way. This is, of course, the greatest irony is that they think the right wing controls all of this stuff. They do. They really do believe this. It's amazing when you, when you see them in the, uh, in the fever swamps of leftism where I uh, sometimes stalk prey. Um, They really do think that all of the media is run by conservatives. Um, But this is part of the challenge. The right has to build. And and by the way, this is not like, you know, you, when, when I, when I say, if you go to these left wing cities to protest, you should expect to be treated by leftist agents of the state because that's who's in control there. The left has built up in these agencies, in the in the, you know, the halls of justice and the, pulling the levers of power. They control it. They control it. And if you think you're going to get a fair shake, think again. I just, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just pointing it out. You may want to consider it. The Putin poo uh, summit. Yeah. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, what else are we being distracted from? Mid-sized banks. Got some problems. We'll get to that in a second. Let me get Dale on here. Hello, Dale. Welcome to the program. How are you? Yes, sir. I'm doing well. hope yeah, you are. I am. Yes, sir. I've got a question for you. With all the things that the Biden administration has done, and now they're trying to deflect the attention away from them by... Trump, you know, everything against Trump. Why hasn't someone charged the Biden administration with treason? The federal government is supposed to protect our borders and protect its citizens. And him and Camilla Harris has not done this. My way of thinking, they need to do something more than a 25 or an impeachment. They need to go a little stronger with this administration for all the damage that he's done to these United States. That's my question. All right, so let's walk through it then. Uh, Up until now, 
there who do you, so who would you expect to bring treason charges i would say probably the republican party even the democrats because they're not doing they're not doing their job All right democrats aren't going to do it though right they're not going to that's true right so so they're out of the equation all right so now who is you're so you're talking about republicans in congress yeah they 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 wanted to impeach trump twice in the democrat side right so part of the uh, uh, part of the reason there is that the Republicans have not been in uh, power. They, and so because you, if you're not the majority party in the House or the Senate, uh, which they weren't, you are unable to issue subpoenas. You are unable to investigate. Right. You, you don't you don't get a role in any of that stuff. So uh, now that they have control of the House, they are able to launch their investigations, which is what they have now proceeded to do. Right. They have just begun uh, you know, the new term began like, uh, you know, what, six weeks ago. And, and so now this is this is why you're it's why we brought you that story with James Comer, like the uh, the congressman. Right. This is this is what they're seeking to get to the bottom of. Uh, I understand, but they need to do something with him. I mean, I'm tired of them always wanting to holler against the Republicans and and everything's one-sided with the criminal system. It, you know, if it's fair for the goose, it's fair for the gander. So, uh, no, I, I agree that, but I, but I don't, I don't want it to be some willy nilly, poorly researched, lame attempt. You know, I want it to have legs. I, I want, I, I want them to get some, uh, I want it to be factual. I want it to have uh, evidence-based uh, arguments when they come up and they're like, Here's the money. It went from Chinese company to uh, Robinson Walker LLC. It then went to four different Bidens, um, and this was Chinese state money, and there was no reason for it to be paid, right? What, like, what are your business dealings? Like, I want people on the record. I want them to amass the record, and then I want to see whatever prosecutions, whatever that takes the form of, whether it's impeachment or whether it's criminal indictments. You refer it to U.S. attorney's offices someplace. Wherever it goes from there, but I think you gotta you gotta build the case. You gotta get evidence first. Yeah, well, by the time they build a case like that with the daggone laptop computer with the sun, I don't think nothing's going to happen. Well, that's yeah. They'll just, they'll just play it out, and and nothing's going to happen with the money or anything. I believe it's all a whitewashed system. Well, now, now, Dale, I will also say, though, that that is precisely what the left thinks about Donald Trump. The left thinks that he's gotten away with it. They've been waiting on him to be walked, you know, perp walked out in handcuffs for five years. Yeah, but look, look what uh, happened with uh, Clinton. He, He had that in the White House when he was president. This is when Trump was a private citizen. I know. I understand. But. The, the the people on the left feel the same way. I mean, they impeached Trump twice and still didn't get him out of office, still didn't get him thrown in jail. And that's what they want. And this whole thing might just be so they can get they can check a box. They can virtue signal, as Ron DeSantis said, uh, virtue signal that D.A., uh, they can get a mugshot of Trump because to them, yeah. performance is the performance is what really matters. It's the style over the substance, and and they they like they they want the mugshot. They want to feel good that they stuck it to Donald Trump. And uh, I would just point that out that they have the same idea that Trump has escaped accountability for all of these years as well. 
Well, yeah, it might be true, but look what look what Biden's done just in two and a half years. Yeah, no, I I hear you. Like I, I said, the guy there's no other there's no other business model he's running except a influence peddling business. That's what the Bidens were doing. So Dale, I appreciate the call. Um, yeah, I mean there's there there there's no product that they are selling. There's no good, right, that they're selling. It was a service that they sold, and that service was access to the holes of government, to the network, to the people that could make stuff happen for you. All right, are you prepared for a disaster? Do you need some advice? Are you looking for a military surplus that's real? Well, for more than three decades, the answer has been Old Grouch's military surplus in downtown Clyde. It is an old school, traditional store. It's got a mix of modern and vintage items. See my friend Tim. He'll hook you up. He gets new stuff in all the time. American made because it's real military surplus. Camo, shirts, hats, customized dog tags, gear, Old Grouches on Main Street, downtown Clyde, across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. The shop is open Monday through Saturday and all the time at oldgrouch.com. Alrighty, so what else has been going on? Um, a coalition of mid-sized banks have sent a letter to Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, or the FDIC, as well as the Comptroller of the Currency. Do we even need that job anymore? Really? Like, do we need to have a comptroller? I know sometimes businesses call it controller as well. Ain't nobody controlling this currency, guys. It, that horse has left the barn. Um, the mid-sized banks also sent this letter to the Federal Reserve requesting that the FDIC insure all their deposits for the next two years. You know, you know why they're asking this? You know what's happening? Exactly what was predicted in 2008, 2009. Precisely what was predicted. When you made banks, quote, too big to fail, it sends the signal that the smaller banks can. That you will let them go under. And when you let them go under, then people want to move money out of those because they seem riskier. People with, look, if you've got FD, if you've got a bank account, at a small, mid-sized regional bank, wherever, and they've got FDIC, that means you're covered. And as long as your assets or whatever your savings or checking in your bank is less than $250,000, a quarter of a million dollars, right, then that's insured through fees, basically, that you get charged, right? But the bank pays, quote-unquote, but look, the customers always pay it, right? So they, they, they pay into this insurance fund. And so if there's ever a problem... People who have assets less than 250K, they get made whole. But if you've got like half a million dollars in the bank, first off, you can give me half of that. And so this way you'll be protected. So you wouldn't lose that other <laughs> half. Um, but if you got more than that, that's the idea there is that it's not protected. So it's a riskier, it's, it's riskier to be, you know, banking with all this money in one bank because if you try to withdraw it you're not going to be able to and if the bank goes under you're not going to be able to get made whole your money is gone this gets to what we talked about last week fractional reserve banking is a completely asinine way to run banks in my view where if you walk in um 
and you give $100 to the bank and put it into a checking account, they can then loan out $90 based on your $100. They take your $100 and they loan out 90 of it and they leave 10 in your account. And they, they just are banking on, no pun intended, they're banking on you not coming back and asking for all 100 of it at the same time that everybody else that they have been doing that to also asks for all of their money to come out, right? That's a run. That's what creates a run on the bank. People get panicked. They say the money's not going to be there because, spoiler alert, it's not there. And then they everybody races to get their money out because they don't want to... Uh, be the last one to get their money because they won't get it. So what's happening now is that we have incentivized the moral hazard, right? We've created this idea that there are certain banks that got bailed out. They were so big. They were too big to fail. They were too, what, systemically important, right? And so the big banks, everybody understands, are going to get bailed out. They're too big to fail. But what about the mid-sized ones? Well, it's a little bit more of a gray area. Well, now that people see this, Now they're concerned. And so what are they doing? They're moving their money into big banks because they're too big to fail. The request comes amidst a banking crisis that started earlier this month with the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, SVB, and then Signature Bank. So this group, they call themselves the Mid-Size Bank Coalition of America, or the MBCA. They said, quote, doing so, insuring all the deposits for two years, will immediately halt the exodus of deposits from smaller banks, stabilize the banking sector, and greatly reduce chances of more bank failures. Um, The bank runs have created turmoil on Wall Street, with fears running high that we are reliving the dark days of 07-08 when the entire banking system came under duress. Did I ever tell you the story? We uh, We were selling Christie's home. When, that, when the markets locked up, remember? And uh, John McCain said he was going to suspend his campaign. He canceled his appearance on the Letterman show because he, he said he had to fly back to Washington, D.C., try to come up with solutions to work for the American people. And so they all get into this room, and they're like, uh, okay, what you got? And McCain's like, oh, I don't know. It wasn't a great moment. That week that that happened, we were closing. We were selling Christie's house, and um, we had closing scheduled for like a Thursday or something. And that Tuesday, I think it was, everything locked down. All the bank loans stopped. The woman uh, who was buying Christie's home, uh, she had already lined up everything so she would be out of, I think, you know, her apartment and she had like two kids and she was going to be moving into this house. And then her bank loan stopped and everything got, everything got stopped. And that's when we were told about this nifty little product where uh, you could basically let people get into your home before they took possession through the purchase. Yeah, so they could rent it bef- while waiting for it to close. Yeah. And so we didn't know any better, so we said, fine. 
We felt bad for this woman, single mom, two kids. We felt bad. We had already purchased our new home, and so we were already in there, and we were selling hers. Or no, I'm sorry. We, yeah, we were selling hers because we had mine. Because we, we each had our home that we met, so we sold her house, and then she's in my house, and then we sold my house and bought another one. Anyway, so we were under no pressure except for paying two mortgages, but we were like trying to get this house sold, and so we said, fine, she can move in. And then, of course, we became landlords without intending to be landlords. And eventually, we were going to, like, it, it got really ugly. It got really ugly. Um. Some threats finally had to be made, <laughs> and, they, and that got the uh, the closing attorney actually made the threats. Thank goodness, because they uh, they were going to start fining the uh, the the lender. And when that happened, all of a sudden things opened up. But they were in there for a good, I want to say, month or so. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was terrible. So we never did that again. Um, and the opportunity did present itself one other time, and we said uh, no. Thank you very much. So the bank, so 0708, the entire banking system came under duress. Investment giants like Lehman Brothers were shuttered forever while others were bailed out by the government. Resentments still linger today among many who feel the government unfairly picked winners and losers while taxpayers footed the bill. Well, there's a reason why people think the government picked winners and losers. It's because government picked winners and losers, right? That's, that's why they feel that way. Okay. By the way, the email is, as always, Pete at com. This is from Stan. Pete, there is only about 3 to 4% of the nation's total deposits in the insurance fund, meaning that the amount to bail out SVB and Signature is already exhausted. So any more bailouts will require creating the money to cover the losses and thus more inflation. So the amount of dollars is insured, just not the value of the dollars or what they will buy. Can you say socialism? Um the Mid-Sized Bank Coalition of America, the MBCA, sent a letter to regulators, Federal Reserve, Comptroller of the Currency, FDIC, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, and they're asking for the FDIC to insure all their deposits for the next two years. Uh, they say they're very worried. Um to, to, about government picking winners and losers. But here's the deal. The crisis in 07 and 08, when the government came in and bailed out big banks that were, quote, too big to fail, you know, that crisis caused depositors to take their money from regional lenders and move it to larger banks like Bank of America and J.P. Morgan because they're considered to be too big to fail. The expanded insurance program, they say, would be paid for by the banks themselves by increasing the deposit insurance assessment on lenders that choose to participate in increased coverage. What they don't mention in the letter is that those costs are going to then be passed on to customers in the form of higher fees, because that is always the case. I agree with Bob Hogue at RedState.com, who says... My view is that Joe Biden's insane spending spree is the root cause of this. I agree. The massive inflation that followed caused the Fed to repeatedly raise interest rates, and that made a lot of the long-term bonds that SVB had made them worthless. Suddenly, out of business. That does not excuse their own failed risk management policies, but the spending which caused the inflation is still the fundamental issue. The question is, how will the government respond to MBCA's plans.
or pleas rather, how will they respond to the request? Do they do they guarantee everybody for two years? I don't know if that exactly inspires confidence, but I'll keep you posted. Then there's this story. What the heck is going on in Oregon? The state of Oregon is now considering a bill to give homeless and low-income people $1,000 a month in universal basic income. The Oregon legislature is considering a bill to establish a, quote, People's Housing Assistance Fund Demonstration Program, or as I like to call it, the Pahefadip, through the state's Department of Human Services. Okay, the whole idea behind a universal basic income, this was an idea that Milton Friedman actually uh, was a proponent of at first. Um, it's, it's how we ended up with the earned income tax credit, right? The idea here is that you replace the entire apparatus of the government that is used to administer all of the different welfare programs, you know, housing vouchers, uh, food stamps, right? All of these different programs are all housed in different agencies. They got different staff, right? They got different budgets and stuff. And the idea here is that, look, we find out how much it costs for basic, you know, food, shelter, whatever, health, whatever, and you say, okay, the cost of living in the Charlotte area, let's say, is $30,000. Let me do the math here. Let's say $36,000 a year. That's what that that a UBI, a universal basic income would be, 3 grand per month. And that would cover all those expenses. But here's the idea. You cut the one check, everybody gets the one check. And that's it. You dismantle all the rest of the government programs and because that's that costs way more than just writing the check, right? And what they realized as they started to implement it was that they're not unwinding any of the government programs. And so we're getting we're just ending up with more. And so they stopped it, right? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no more, no more. But Oregon is now going to try it. They're going to provide 12 monthly payments of $1,000 to individuals who are experiencing homelessness. I believe, um, I believe the term is houselessness. Um, if they are experiencing homelessness or are at risk of homelessness or are severely rent burdened or earn at or below 60% of the area median income. The bill would require a study on who is receiving the money, broken down among a few demographics, including race, veteran status, and risk of domestic violence. And the bill does have a sunset date in it, which is smart, of January 2026. The $1,000 payments can be used at recipients' discretion, (laughs) but supporters say it'll be used towards rent and other living expenses. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure it will. Sure it will. Meanwhile, in California, transgender residents in Palm Springs will be eligible to receive a UBI of their own. Only $900 a month there. Solely for identifying as transgender or non-binary and no strings attached. You just walk in, say, I'm trans or I'm non-binary, and you will get $900 from the city of Palm Springs. It's a new pilot program. It'll have $200,000 set aside for allocation after a unanimous vote by the Palm Springs City Council. In a related story, the city of Palm Springs has now 100% turned transgender. (laughs) What a ridiculous 
program. Speaking of which, I'll be back again tomorrow. I'll see you then. Don't break anything while I'm gone.